0: What I encourage people to do is don't get caught up in, oh, I want to create this thing because I saw it. Create this thing because you feel it. And then if you need support in like directing what that looks like, then maybe go externally. I personally feel like you have everything within you already. The, the most impactful art is created from here and produced for an audience without any other mess or noise in between.
1: Hey, welcome to episode 392 of the Beginner Photography Podcast brought to you by CloudSpot, the easiest way to deliver and sell your photos online. I'm your host, Raymond Hanfield, and today we are chatting with commercial, fashion, and personal branding photographer Doss Miller about deepening your creativity and communicating with light. So, Das is actually from Indianapolis, um, and he was a photographer, uh, who was also shooting high-end weddings here for a number of years. Um, I believe he said 10 plus years. I mean, this guy is, is a really busy guy. <laughs> um, he is one of the photographers who, when I first really started to get into weddings, uh, bigger than just, you know, family, friends, and friends of friends who I saw. And his work inspired me a ton because it wasn't just, like everybody else, the, that light and airy and you're floating on your wedding day because it's just so magical. You know, that style that was everywhere um, at the time. Within his images, there were intention in his camera work. Uh, there was motion in his subjects and there was light really, really good light, you know. So um Das is also a fellow CloudSpot ambassador who I'm sure is getting excited for the upcoming release of CloudSpot Studio, which I've had a little bit of time to play with and honestly it's pretty exciting stuff uh that I'll be sharing more about with Gavin Wade, who's the CEO of CloudSpot in the uh, in the coming weeks. But I invited Doss on the podcast today to chat about light and motion. Um but it quickly became clear that the level that Doss introduces creativity into his everyday life, I needed to kind of uh, change the direction of this uh, episode. Uh, because in terms of photography, he creatively uses light in motion as a major tool to communicate. Now, if light and creativity and optimism are important to you, then you are really going to love this interview with Doss Miller. So let's get into it. I want to know when did you know that photography was going to play an important role in your life?
0: Wow. When did I know photography was going to play an important role in my life? Like probably six, seven years old. Um, it was one of those things that, that was just kind of around me. Um, my, my, it was a part of my dad's business. He was, he's a, a hyper successful um, s- s- serial entrepreneur. And, um, and a lot of technical business. So he was he is a, a, a forensic locksmith and a forensic photographer and a private investigator like arson investigator and, and all of that. So there were always cameras around, um, always, you know, technical equipment around microscopes and all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, so I think once I realized that that wasn't a part of everyone's you know, existence that I get, it's like, all right, this is special kind of thing. Um, so that coupled with my older brother, um, um, Herb Jr., he was a visual artist. He would draw and paint and um p- colored pencil drawings, like like photorealistic stuff is what you know, how I remember it. And I was just always blown away by that. Um, so then my other brother, Steve, was was like in into mechanics and He was into photography, too, in in high school. Um, So my brother's little context, my oldest, uh, my next sibling up is 13 years older than me, 13, 15 and 16 years older than me. So when they were in high school, I was like or beyond. I was, you know, itty bitty. So um, I remember. Being really young, I don't remember what what age exactly, but there were you know studio lights in the in the the family room, and there was a dark room um in the back part of the the downstairs like if wow. uh, you know processed foam and and prints um so it was just it was just there, so it was always something that I would dabble in um you know from the age of six seven eight nine ten you know years old um I always had my own camera you know so so it was all-
1: So being around the, uh, you know, just being around cameras, being around lights, being around people taking photographs, I understand how that can uh, start to spark that interest, you know, in a kid. Um, but when did it go from you just seeing these things to you realizing um, what you could create with a camera?
0: Yeah, it was probably high school um, when I really started to see the impact of what I could create for the audience that I would create it for, um, like photographing friends and doing the things or whatever, taking it on the the band trip, you know, to Disney or whatever it was, um, getting to see people's response to the photos that I would take. Um, and it made me feel like I was doing something extra, you know, like seeing someone's response Um, To an image that I took that was that was over and beyond anything that they would react to in anyone else's snapshots or anything um, made me feel like, all right, I've I'm able to do something special here. This is this is something that I I get to to focus more deeply on.
1: Why do you think your images elicited more of a expression or emotion out of people than other people's snapshot photos?
0: Um, I, I think it's just my general background in the arts. Um, I, I was, I think sparked from my oldest brother. Um, I always loved art and had just an understanding of, of, you know, all the fundamental, uh, pieces of art, what make, what makes art impactful to people like composition and color and contrast and all the things. Um, and it, and I think since it was just a slow natural progression, photographing and um as i dabbled in other arts sculpting painting and, and music and all the other things it was just something that i was able to to use my creative vision with to you know into photography so um so yeah i just kind of had had a i'd say a pretty firm foundation in and just general knowledge of of impact creating impactful art
1: there's a there's this term uh, that uh, a lot of people when I when I bring it up they've never heard before, which is just visual literacy, right? Just just knowing what it is that you're looking at and why you like it, being able to pick apart a part of an image. Because um, I think you know, for for new photographers, it's so easy to just see an image and be like, "Wow, that's great," and then move on to the next one and be like, "Wow, that's great," and not know exactly why. Um, mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like just being surrounded um, in that environment where you were. In art, were you acutely aware, do you think, of um, those elements? Like you said, you mentioned the contrast, the color, things like that. But when it comes to, say, the technical aspect of the photography side, things like composition, um, uh, paying attention to light, do you think that those came naturally to you as well? Or did you struggle in certain areas of those?
0: Um, I I do. I think they kind of came naturally because I remember later in my career where... Um, where it's like, oh, I need to focus on this particular thing, like lighting. I need to understand where light's coming from and how it impacts the scene and the direction of light and all the things. It's like, I've already been doing this. I've already been, you know, this has already been a part of my process, but I just didn't, I didn't know it. You know, I didn't know specifically what I was doing, Um, but it had visual impact. So it was something that was, that would determine like what my angle was or, or, you know, which, which direction I would shoot it from, or um, if it was a person, which direction I would ask them to turn their face or, you know, things like that. I didn't really know why. Uh, I just, I just knew when it felt right. So once I did dive deeper into the technical parts of photography, it's like, oh, okay, that's why I was doing that thing, you know? Um, so yeah, um, it, it's it has always kind of, I don't want to say it's come easy for me, but it's, you know, it's it's just a, something that's just within me, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, I think a lot of photographers are going to resonate with that because we all love to create images, you know? Um, but as you said, it's not, it wasn't, it didn't, doesn't come easy. There is always a lot of work that is involved. Um, so I appreciate you saying that because sometimes it's, it's hard to look at somebody's work and think to yourself, wow. How does that not come easy to them? So to hear you say that is, uh, is I'm sure, very appreciated by a lot of people. Uh, so when did oh. photography turn into um, a career for you? Did you know in high school that you wanted to be a photographer as a full-time job? Hey, Raymond here. Are you looking for fresh inspiration behind the lens? Whether you're in a bit of a creative slump or just eager to try something new, I've got just the thing for you. Our free download, 46 Creative Photography Ideas to Get You Out of a Rut, is packed with unique, imaginative, and fun photography challenges that will rekindle your passion and help you see the world through a new perspective. From capturing the beauty of the night sky to transforming everyday objects into artistic masterpieces, each idea is designed to spark your creativity and elevate your photography skills. And the best part? It's completely free. So why wait? Visit creativeimageideas.com right now and grab your free guide. Let's turn that inspiration into stunning images.
0: I, I wouldn't say that I knew I wanted to. I knew that it was something I felt like at the time it was it was a fun, creative thing that I could do that I could that I could share with other people. Um. So, with that, I was open to requests so I you know I, a lot of my friends wanted to try modeling or um you know, honestly, what started my career uh was one of my friends got married super young um I think like eighteen or nineteen or something, and I photographed their wedding at the park <laughs> and um that just kind of you know starting from there, and then uh, more people asked me to do the same and one after another kind of snowballed into becoming a wedding photographer. So, um, over, over several years. Um, so it was kind of something I just, just kind of fell into really, (laughs) it was just something that I was doing and then it just became requested upon requested upon requested. And then all of a sudden I'm making it official
1: but it yeah but at some point you have to make that distinction to say okay i'm not going to take these odd jobs while i shoot my friend's weddings i'm going to make this an actual thing um, okay all right when, when did yeah. that
0: happen when did that happen okay so so i was shooting uh weddings and really anything that came along for the longest time um i always had other jobs always trying to find myself in other ways other career paths um not really the kind of person that works well under someone else's structure and order and all the things. Um, so I had a lot of jobs, a lot of experience, a lot of things, you know, corporate and, and all the, all the stuff. Um, I did end up finding a job that I loved. Um, I was, I became a district manager for an ice cream, um, company, ice cream. I'm still, I'm like, I don't want to say I'm addicted, but man, it's it's That's like your thing. the I... best thing in the world. <laughs> um, so I was working for them, and um, I I ended up losing that job. Um, this is I've I've been in lots of interviews and stuff because it's a big part of my my story. But um, long story short, I was victim of, victim of identity theft, um, and I, I ended up losing that job. And um, really, at the time. After trying to get other jobs and no one would hire me, I didn't know why. Um, photography just made sense to focus on. So um, I had a period of like four years where it was just like I call it my compression years, where I wasn't able to get a real job, and I had you know I had my youngest or my oldest son at the time, and trying to figure out how to manage and take care of care of him and and figure out what I'm doing in life. Um so in that time I learned how to be a bartender I I took I went used my last remaining funds to go to massage therapy school so um I was doing massage and bouncing at a bar and um and shooting whatever I, I could um I had my equipment stolen it was a mess like just Jeez. a messy period of time um closing out that period uh I went uh, I got pulled over cuz my license was suspended but I didn't know it uh, for failure to appear to a court date I didn't know anything about. I went to jail, spent three days in jail. Um, and then uh, through that process of calling my dad and and him calling his attorney and figuring all that out, we discovered the identity theft and that all of this four or five years of time that I just thought was horrifically bad bad luck, there was a a thing going on that caused it and it wasn't me I wasn't a bad person I wasn't being punished so once I got out of jail I was like I'm not ever working for anybody else ever again never I'm never gonna put my own faith and my own uh you know trust and and where I'm headed and why and how I'm not gonna make anyone else any other money unless I'm in philanthropy and giving it you know or or um something like that like I will work for myself from this day forward. And that was 2010. Um,
1: My gosh. When that... Do you think how interesting, first of all, and how unfortunate um, do you think, obviously photography had been an important part of your life before that, but do you think if that never had happened, if identity theft didn't happen to you, you didn't go to jail, you weren't losing out on these jobs. Do you think that you still would have become a professional photographer?
0: I think so. I do. I think so. At some point, it probably would have been a more gradual entry. There probably would have been a boss that rubbed me the wrong way or some, you know, feeling like, cause I worked for other portrait companies. Um, I worked for life Touch and did, did, you know, school photos. I, I worked for the picture people. I was a manager at the picture people in the mall, um, and all the things. And it always felt like I'm coming in here, shining and making, and making this, you know, impact with portraits and, i get this measly salary you know and i can barely take care of my my family you know it's like i could do this on my own so it was always in my you know always in my space that it was a possibility um but just having having a catalyst to like you know force that force that decision um i think it would have happened at some point yeah no matter what
1: uh I, yeah i think that um uh when you feel it you know and it's so hard mm-hmm. in that moment to, to what's the, there was that, uh, Steve jobs did a, uh, um, a commencement speech and he said like the, what I had taken away is that it's impossible to see the future, right? It's impossible to see what's going to happen and how what's happening today in your life will affect the future. But once you get there, it is so easy to see, uh, you know, the, the route that, that got you to where you are today and how, you know, you can be better. So that is a, that is a great story. I, uh, You know, I don't want to diminish, of course, how, how terrible of a, of a fact or how terrible of an event that that was that happened to you. But I'm glad to see that uh, you have come out on the other end and uh, have, have made quite a name for yourself and in, in images as well that uh, speak to a lot of people. And I think when I look at your images, when I first reached out to you and I sent you that email, I said that your images have this feeling of motion, right? And even if somebody's staying still you know like it's a it's a it's a portrait where somebody's just looking at the camera there's not an action somebody running around jumping they feel like there's motion in those images um and that is just fascinating to me i want to know because that's so consistent throughout your work do you see that same element in your images or are you blind to it because that's just how you work Here's the fastest way to start making money with your photography. Head to deliverphotos.com to sign up for a free CloudSpot account. There, you can create a digital storefront to sell your prints in just a few clicks. The most popular print sizes are 4x6s, 5x7s, and 8x10s, so be sure to offer those. With CloudSpot's global markup tool, you can create profitable pricing without any guesswork. Now, when you send a client their gallery, surprise them with a small print credit to encourage them to purchase additional prints. Look, CloudSpot really is the easiest way to deliver and sell photos online. So grab your free CloudSpot account today by signing up and deliverphotos.com now
0: um I, I, i'm motivated by it i like that's every image that i create that is my goal i want every still image to feel like it's it's a a clip from from a film that tells a story that draws the audience in you know like that's my goal for everything that i do so with portraits or you know campaign work or whatever it is like there's a story behind it there is a a a human there's a soul within it you know and as photographers like like i feel like that's our duty you know like to truly capture the essence of what is in that scene whether it's a a a person or a um or the just a scene itself like there's a story there there's energy there like pull that energy out and and you know make it a part of the image somehow so that's that's my goal i'm not blind to it it's like that is my intention like that's what i seek for every image that i shoot
1: where does that come from because if your dad was a forensic photographer you know had microscopes that's not exactly storytelling in the traditional sense yeah where do you think that came from
0: Honestly, and this is a a fairly new discovery for me. Um, It's like since I've gotten to Austin, and most of my clients are, uh, and and my wife included. I've uh, we've been together now for six or six years. Excuse me, let me do the math (laughs) for a little while. Um, She was she's in the personal development space, and 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 I was kind of new to that uh, upon meeting her. But since moving to Austin, most of my clients are in the the personal develops personal development space um, so i did a mastermind um, with garen jones who became one of my one of my most awesome clients here recently um, where we kind of dove into like inner child stuff and um discovering like you know what brought us joy and and all the things and and also, you know, childhood trauma stuff and all of the things that, you know, create blocks for us and all all of that, um, which, you know, was fairly new for me in that in that way. <clears throat> so, as I said before, I'm the youngest of of uh, four total. Um, I really felt like growing up, I had a lot of parents instead of other siblings. And I feel like my voice was stifled um, in in a way like, you know, I was I was a kid I was, you know, in play mode and making noise and, you know, <laughs> being a, a disruption really for everyone else in the stage of life that they were in. So I got a lot of, you know, be quiet or stop or don't do that or, you know, all of that. So little by little, I felt like like I was. My my creative voice was being boxed in, so I think my visual arts and and my and I'm a musician as well. I play, play drums and um, have um, written you know music um, with other instrumentation as well. I've been in bands and all the things. Uh, I feel like my express ex, my being in the creative space is how I'm able to freely express. So um, I think that comes through in what i do like because that's like my outlet (laughs) that's the way i get all the i connect with with what's outside of me to what's inside of me does that make sense
1: oh wow yeah i connect with what's outside of me to what's inside of me yeah you know what i love about that is that you're the only person who can create your images because you're the only person who has your life experience up until this point And everything, Mm -hmm. you're the only person with your brain who has interpreted everything that has happened in your life the way that you have. And you use all of that information to create images that are uniquely your own. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel, I know that it's uh, common in photography, especially when you're starting out to, if you don't know how to shoot, what to shoot, you look for inspiration for other photographers, right? And then we emulate their style until we can kind of create our own. Mm. Did you go through that same phase or right from the get you're like I'm just going to shoot what I want to shoot?
0: <laughs> you know, I can't say that I didn't didn't seek inspiration through other artists because I certainly did. I don't have any specific names or artists that I would that I would say. It was more I think it was just more general understanding of of what's what's been possible, like, you know, what, what is creatively possible? Um, and do I have to, do I have to allow that to set a boundary for myself? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think a, a lot of things in, cre- in creative spaces, it's like everyone has, a, a c- c- has creative capability, right? some people are just more tapped in with, with what they're capable to do. Um, And then even beyond that, like being able to visualize something and then be, being able to take it from just a, just a a vision of vapor and making it something that everyone else can see is a, is another set of skills. Um, So I think I just developed a, my own style based on understanding what that range is, you know, um, for myself through understanding other other creatives.
1: I see. I see. Um, I find it hard. I wish, like, that's probably my least favorite part about talking about creativity is because it's so unique to everybody else. Um, and I know personally, I love to look at images with intention for what I'm looking for inspiration on. But I can't just look at All sorts of images because it becomes overwhelming and I almost lose that spark Mm. for photography for sure. But if I look at all those same exact images looking for an exact like a specific element that I'm trying to work on, whether it be light or uh, use of color, emotion, anything like that suddenly all of those images become, uh, compelling to me. And I can use that mm-hmm. as fuel. Um, yes. whereas other people, it's, it's, it's not the same. Some people, I think it's was David Duchemin, who's like the best photography school in the world is here's a hundred rolls of film, go out and shoot. Don't talk to me till you, you know, you've shot every single one. Don't look at any photos right until, until you've shot them all. Um, obviously talking about that, the whole self-expression element of it, um, or, um, um, self um, um, discovery element of it. And that's hard. Um, Do you find your creative process is best when you look at other people's work uh, for inspiration? Or uh, how much do you draw from what you've seen in the past to be able to create your own work?
0: That's a great question. Um, And I speak, speak a lot into this in my education um, for creatives. I personally feel like You have everything within you already. And whatever modality we choose as a creative, whether it's a camera or a microphone or um, a pen to paper, um, impacting other people with, with what's in us, the more we stack in front or in between what's in our heart, and the, the ears and the eyes of the audience that we're presenting to, I feel like the less impact it's gonna have. So to answer that question, I just like to kind of clear my space and like create from here. I like to create from right here. And if there's some sort of, like if I find my, my technical vision like in my head, um, if I find, some friction in creating that in reality, then there's a resource for me and I can, I can seek that out um, uh, if I need to, or I just stumble through it and figure it out um, as a creative. I kind of, I like that process too. But what, what I encourage people to do is don't get caught up in, Oh, I want to create this thing. Cause I saw it. Create this thing because you feel it. And then if you need support, and and like directing what that looks like, then then maybe go externally. But I think the the most impactful art in my experience is created from 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 here and produced for an audience um, without any other mess or noise in between. Wow,
1: do you think that could be done in the early stages of learning photography or do you think that can only be done once you truly understand the tools that you have in your hand?
0: Well I mean, yeah, you have to understand your tools you like there like I said before there's there's one thing to be a a, a visually creative person, but if you don't like if, if we're talking about painting if you don't know how to create green then you got to figure out how to create green to 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 create the art that includes green right like um understand how the brush moves on the canvas and how to how adding water or oil will you know will change how how the paint impacts the canvas you have to understand those things obviously to, so for a camera like you have to understand how to capture light um cuz that's what it that's the fundamental thing we're doing with photography so you have to under have have a, a a basic knowledge of of what this piece of equipment does so that you can be creative with it right so that's one of those roadblocks that I'm talking about so if there's a creative vision you have and you're like oh crap I don't know how to how to capture that necessarily um that's when you can use an not- external source to get to that point so yeah I'm not saying like <laughs> don't go read a book or don't call anyone or don't look at other art. But um but yeah, technical knowledge is you know is a part of the process, of course.
1: Then let's flip to the other side of the coin coin here. Because obviously you can't know everything about a certain aspect of photography. So how do you know that you know enough about something to be proficient in it?
0: Um I think when you Hmm. That's a good question. Cause even sometimes now, like you have something in your head that I think there's just an under, you have to have an understanding of the creative process to understand that at some point the creation takes on a life of its own and it's no longer going to be completely married to what you originally came up with. So is that deviation because i don't have the technical capability or is that deviation because this creative piece of art is now its own creative piece of art that's expressing in its own unique ways because it's not just you and your imagination that it's playing against it's playing against you know real space and and time and and mood and all the things so um i think that line has to be like do you do you technically understand your, your tool enough to capture, like with a camera, can you capture an image and, and under certain circumstances, can you do that? Can you take your camera, walk outside well, no matter what the time of day is or what's in front of you? Can you capture an image that, that is, is technically sound and has impact, you know? um can you do that then you can you can really do anything else at that point um can you step out at night and do the same thing can you step out and capture something moving moving you know um i think that's that's the point where you can stack on top of
1: so it sounds to me like uh you believe that we according to your definition there we most people are probably ready sooner than they think that they are
0: oh for sure oh. yeah for sure
1: i guess now it's just figuring out how to convince people that they are ready right to get them out yeah. to shoot that's the hard thing that's the hard yeah thing. we can give them all the information we can have these conversations but unless they go out and shoot it's yeah. all for nothing yeah well i don't uh, uh i know that we've been talking a lot about creativity here uh and uh and i really enjoy the stuff. But I do want to dig in more to to your photography. Um, um, so can you tell me a little bit about uh, what it is that you're shooting today? Because you told me that you uh, started off shooting weddings. Uh, you moved to Austin. Let's, let's hear about what your main focus is right now.
0: My main focus right now is connecting with entrepreneurs, high-level entrepreneurs that have um, usually uh, products or services that um, impact the world in a positive way. So um, that can be, you know, a, a health and wellness product or service. Um, it can be anything in the personal development space that, you know, they have an audience that they're maybe coaching or or speaking to, um, uh, to help move through trauma or make themselves a better person, whatever it happens to be. Um, I'm focusing on that because in the commercial space, it was um, like shooting for a a big fashion brand, contributing to fast fashion um, that, you know, maybe sold globally, but I didn't feel like I had, I I didn't feel like I was making an impact with my, with my skill and creativity. Um, So in my years of commercial photography and producing shoots and all of the things um, I've, I've been able to create and offer now, where I can pull in all of that experience and knowledge and expertise, um, and do it on—I don't want to say on a smaller scale. Like the, I guess the productions are smaller um, in general, but the impact is still is still as um, big. But it's a deeper heart-centered impact. So now I get to partner with uh, a, ben- a a business owner or a solopreneur um, and create marketing images that tell a story to attract their ideal clients to their service or superpower and you know that's how i I create impact
1: I see so uh is it um uh just to put a uh, description on it um, is it portraiture is it lifestyle? is it uh, what what are what types of images are these?
0: Well, ultimately, once a, once it's never the same because all people are different, all businesses are different. um and what I'm loving about what I'm doing now is I get to tap into that individual person, the creator of the business or service, and highlight what makes it unique through them. So if that means that it's gonna be, Strictly portraits for their campaigns and for their marketing, then that's what it'll be. If it needs to involve um, lifestyle scenarios, then that's what it'll be. If it needs to be like more editorial and storytelling um, specifically, that's what it'll be. So I get to I get to flex my range of of experience and talents um, based on what is most needed for their particular campaign. So
1: that is so cool because i know one of the things that i hear most from listeners of the podcast is uh, a lot of people stress the importance of niching down you know you got to do this you got to do that um but there Um, Worry is that um, they like to just shoot all sorts of stuff, right? They like to be they like the idea of being a generalist uh, because it makes things more interesting and lively. And it sounds to me like uh, you have a really good blend of both right there. You know exactly Mm -hmm. who your client is, but the style of photography that you shoot or the type of photography rather uh, varies. And I'm sure that that helps uh, keep things Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But I got a question because on your website it says, um, I create visual concepts illustrating who you are at your center, impacting emotional response from and connecting you directly to the heartstrings of your audience through creative visual storytelling. First of all, literally, that is amazing and full of impact right there. But I want to know how do you illustrate visual concepts of who? somebody is and follow up. How does that predicate how you shoot or the style in which you shoot?
0: Great question. Like that is really the heart of my experience with a client. Um, I had two, two creative calls. I call them creative concept calls. I had two before this today and really what it, it starts with conversation. It it really does. It starts with just conversation and understanding like who someone is. It's kind of like having a, a relationship with all of my clients, you know, like I need I I want I need to know like about their childhood and where this thing that they're doing that's impacting so many people now. Like, why did you even start doing that? What does that mean to you? Uh, who is exactly the person that you're trying to serve and, and impact. Um, I try to find out as much about who that person is, like, like in their heart as I can, and also understanding what they do and what their superpower is, and also understanding how that impacts their audience and like what that looks like. So having all of that information and story and, and detail um Like sometimes I can just close my eyes on the call and start to, to like feel into what, you know, what, what is going to (laughs) visually encompass all of that for someone that doesn't know anything about it to look at these images and be drawn to what they do. So that's what I set out to do. Um, so. If someone is, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, in the personal development space and they they help um, they help women uh, lose weight, but to get them in the door. But what they're really doing is helping them, um, you know, deal with their emotional stresses and and dealing with life and um, transitions and things so that they can heal the wounds that are causing the habits for them to to stay at this weight you know what i'm saying Mm. so creating images that um that are like that that take their audience through an experience of of what it feels like to be on the other side of that so it's it's really it's different every single time, you know. Too, it's like it, because every individual is different, every service is different, every ideal audience is different. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like that's that's my superpower. That's what I. That's how I get to, you know, impact with my art. So I don't know if I answered the question or not. <laughs> you
1: did. <laughs> you, you definitely went deeper into uh, how it is that you do it, or or what it is specifically that you do. Um, but I want. I guess I need a little bit more uh, pragmatic information here from you, which is um, could you tell me perhaps uh, you don't have to give client names or anything, but like in your head, can you think of a recent shoot of yours that is just your favorite? It turned out great. You were happy with it. Client was happy with it. It felt relatively smooth of a process. Can, can you think in your head of a, uh this session? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Um, can you tell me what the client might have said on the phone that contributed to what was in the imagery?
0: Um <laughs> sure. Um so um her her business really her coaching programs and all of the things that she has going on it's really to support high level um um women in business to um to combat burnout and to balance the pr- professional career with personal um life and figuring out that whole space, so um I know that we're speaking to a high level audience like you know um probably six seven eight figure uh business 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 owners um and she wanted to draw them in with with an image that showed um nuance and detail where case in point someone that that has money and understands like the the value behind some like an outfit that feels good it doesn't always it's not gonna have like a brand across the front of it. Sure. It's not gonna be, you know, like it's not gonna be recognizable where you can go get this from. It's gonna, it's gonna it's going to look like it feels good. It's going to, you know, lay on the skin perfectly. It's going to feel amazing. Um, so the nuance details were, were really important. Like I, I wanted to pull that in because it paints a picture without saying anything. So we, I wanted to put her in a, a killer tailored suit. Um, that was, um, I can't remember what the fabric is. The, uh, um, I can't remember what the fabric was, but it's kind of like the fuzzy fabric. <laughs> um, but I wanted her in this killer tailored suit with her hair pulled back and and just like like on point where you would expect her to have a briefcase and a boardroom, um, you know, killing it in front of a, a, a huge board of decision makers. But instead of doing that, putting her in that space, I wanted her to be barefoot and in nature and grass to show that she can literally own the world with her power and impact, um, and, and be as, as free and relaxed as, as a person on the weekend going camping. So it's like her ideal client is going to see an image like this and, and relate to the, the visual of this really tight, like styled outfit, but that's not the fabric that I would normally have. That's not the place that I would, that feels amazing. That looks amazing. I can relate to the piece that it looks amazing here, but not so much here right now, but that's what I want. I want the rest of that. That kind of thing does that make sense a
1: hundred percent wow yeah i uh was able to paint the picture in my head and see that photo there so that is uh very helpful and do you think uh because obviously uh you know the, the person in a uh, tailored suit but now out barefoot in the forest is that uh dichotomy between the two things uh, do you find that you do that a lot in in your work is dichotomy a, a big part of of your work it is
0: mm-hmm. yeah it is it is. I really feel like it's a great way to kind of, kind of ping pong ball someone into this, into this desired right. result. You know, yeah. um, it's a powerful uh, without tool. work. Yeah, what's that?
1: It's a very powerful tool for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, I know that uh, this doesn't have to be in the uh, recording here. I know that we are coming to the uh, close to the end of our time, but do you have a few questions about uh, um, light to get into? Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, so when it comes to, uh, you know, these images, um, light is obviously a huge component of, uh, of photography. So um, you are also, uh, I would consider looking at your work, a master lighter. <laughs> I love the look Thanks. of your work. Um, I can tell that uh, you know exactly what you're doing. And when you look at it, it has that polish with the light that a lot of people are looking for. So I think that you're the perfect person to kind of ask these questions here. Um, I guess first, when you started working with light, more so than just natural light outside, what was that learning curve like for you?
0: Um, hmm, that's a good question. So, like, <laughs> in my earliest attempts at shooting with like artificial light, <laughs> I literally. In, this, in in my mom's house, I was in high school, and I shot most of the things that I did uh, in this way at the time. I would hang a tarp from the ceiling, uh, push pinned into the ceiling, or uh, we had a drop ceiling, so I would tuck it into the bar or the things or whatever. And I went to Lowe's or the hardware store and got those workshop lights that were <laughs> blazing hot, blazing hot super super like yellow light um, and I played with those. I figured out like what was the the most desirable angle and position for it to be um, how do I make it not quite so like harsh on on the skin like you know like I just kind of dove in and w- with the best thing that I had available, Uh, I would even use like flashlights and, you know, just any kind of light source to play with, um, to understand how it works and and how to control it once I could figure out how it works. So um, I I hesitate to say it was a learning curve. I don't know. I don't know how long um, it was. I don't think I got my very first actual like studio strobes until. A few years later. Like it was, I did that for years. Mm-hmm. I did that for probably like three or four years. You mean using imagine.
1: like work lights? You were using work lights yeah. for
0: years? Use, yeah, using whatever whatever I could buy at the local store. Oh my Or fla- like I said, flashlights or anything.
1: Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. When you look back at those photos today, when you think about them, what aspect of lighting makes you cringe the most?
0: What makes it? Probably the... Probably the color temperature of the light, <laughs> you know, like that has become really important because I like to be able to have control of all parts and pieces. So, um, um, I actually did a, um, uh, a lighting, um, simple location lighting setups, so I, but I like to challenge myself. So I did, did one of the sets underneath, um, underneath a bridge, like a, a, a car bridge, but it had these huge tungsten lights underneath. So the super yellow, yeah. weird green, yellow kind of cast um, uh, and try to figure out how to make that work in an image with the portrait. So um, looking back on those first images, it's like, ooh, but <laughs> it's probably a lot of of what what makes me excited about the challenge now, you know, because. That's all I had to work with then, and I had to make it work, even though it probably, you know, like people were yellow and <laughs> <laughs> not really, you know, ideally, ideally lit. But it really helped me understand color temperature and and directional, like where to place lights and and all of that sort of stuff. So,
1: of course, do you think? Um, I guess when looking at some of your images, um, I'm interested today because, uh, um, uh, new photographers have a hard time understanding. Not only getting a grip of their camera settings, but once you introduce artificial light, it seems like whoa! Like this is a whole Mm -hmm. other thing that I have to worry about here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's things like the location of the light, the intensity, the you know which side of your subject it's going to be on. Do you find that for you once you figure that out? um, I guess specifically, um, you know, say how do you know which side of the person's face you're going to light? Um, Is does that depend on the photo that you're shooting or? Uh, do you, as an artist, have some sort of standardized? If I'm going to shoot this type of photo, this is my basic light setup, and then I just kind of tweak mm. from there.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't work that way. I don't I, um I don't see anything wrong with working that way, having a formula. Um, but I feel like connecting to any sort of like standard blueprint and 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 c- creative process just kind of takes away the possibility. So I let each person each concept each location dictate what what the final is going to be so um even if it's a headshot like in studio I'll, I'll i'll ask them first like do you have a preference on you know do you have a favorite side of your face or um you know i'll look at how how their hair is like which side does it makes most sense to highlight or to or to have fall off in shadow like you know i, I kind of Take all those details in the moment and make the choices.
1: So when it comes to, um, I guess, how do you balance the uh, the uh, the scale of I'm going to tailor my photo perfectly for this person and I still have a creative voice that I need to use to express myself in these images? Does that question make sense?
0: Um, give me a little more.
1: So in that uh, scenario where, you know, somebody comes in and you ask them what's out of the face they think that they look best in, um, how deep are you going to change your image to fit them versus, you know, you are the one as the photographer who is creating an image with your own vision um, Mm -hmm. and you want to stay true to that. But again, you're also asking these questions to this person. How how do you balance? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I I think. I think to be, a, you know, a professional photographer, you've got to, depending on the scenario, you've got to kind of find a a, a place where all of that meets in the middle. Because um, ultimately, I, I want them to, I want them to see themselves and be like, wow, that's me. That's me. And I love it. So understanding light and how it falls on the face like you know i can ask them what their preferences are but i'm the professional they're not going to know exactly you know even what i'm doing after i ask the question so um it's really for me to to use to be creative with still Mm. um um but you know use some of their preferences as well uh so if if someone like just for instance has a bump bump in their nose um i'm gonna know then that you know, maybe an idea that I had, um, you know, to, to recreate hard sunlight and have the light, you know, right above them and really high up. I probably can't do that idea now because it's going to highlight something that they aren't super fond of. So <laughs> it's really just for, for information. So I can, I can know how I can be creative with the light. <clears throat> that was
1: beautiful. Oh my gosh. I don't think anybody's ever <laughs> answered it, uh, in that way. Um, You you use their answers to just as information to be more creative yourself. Yeah, I got I feel like now I got to think about uh, (laughs) things a little bit differently with within that within that frame. That is great. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah. For for those listening who are, you know, they're going to go check out your Instagram. They're going to go see some of your work. Um, They're going to see your use of light and think this is great. Obviously, this takes a lot of lights. This takes a lot of knowledge. This takes, you know, maybe a studio. Where do you recommend people brand new to artificial lighting get started? What's the absolute basic, easiest way to get in, start and uh, make a noticeable impact
0: on their images? As far as light, Mm -hmm. as far as artificial light, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: man, I mean, I think lowest bar entry into understanding how to manipulate light is to just especially if you're used to shooting natural light outside is to go outside, get yourself a, a reflector, um, get, get a a reflector and get, you know, some, some white foam core, um, 24 by 36 sheets and get some black 24 by 36 sheets and go out with the subject, whether it's a person or a thing and put those mugs everywhere. To, you know, like really understand what lighting sources are uh, there are without adding anything. So is it the sun? Is it directional? It's like, you know, over here because it's afternoon, it's coming from here. So know that's your light source. Understand what you're standing on. Is that concrete? Is it white? Is it green? Is it black uh, blacktop? What is that? Understand what that is and what it does, and then start adding. Adding the others, add a add a, a piece of foam core over on the shadow side and see what it does. Add it to the light side and see what it does. Add it underneath to see what it does. You can play with things that don't cost very much to get a true understanding and you can use those with clients as well. If you want to start talking about flashes and 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 strobes and all of that, um, I don't know if we if, if you want me to talk about like Let's actual gear or what.
1: Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Hear it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Um, I, my, my opinion in this space is fairly controversial, (laughs) but, but, um, just because of, of the price point of things. Um, so if, if you're a a hobbyist photographer starting out, um, and you're in the learning phase, um, it's a little bit different than if you're, if you're turning it into a business or doing it as a business. So if you're, running a business um or doing this for clients that are paying you um i feel like the dollars spent for equipment that equipment should not be what i would call um disposable so non-disposable studio or or location lighting would be pro photo would be Chrome or um, brawn color or um, something in that space. Um, um, Godox and Flashpoint and um, any of your your like camera model brands. Um nah, take the camera model brands back, but but like Flashpoint and Godox, those are super popular um, because they're they're less expensive. But I consider those disposable um, just because if you're out and about, and the wind blows it over and it crashes on the ground, um, it's going to make more sense to just buy another one than to send it in to get it repaired. Um, and when you're doing work at a level for for clients, you're going to want something that is a little more dependable and has has you know the client services and all the things in line that um, can help you out when something like that happens. And repair is fast, and it's fairly inexpensive in relation to what the equipment costs. So um, but on the other side of that, if it's a hobby and you just want something that's great, that's going to be reliable and and do good enough for what you're doing, um, something on the disposable side is is a okay. Um, Just make sure you treat it super, super good. Take care of it. Put it in cases when you're not using it, you know, all of the things so that it lasts lasts long.
1: You know, the thing about light that I love is, uh, that first of all, let me just say thank you for, for sharing all of that because now everybody definitely has homework to go out and, uh, do, right? They know to <laughs> go buy some foam core, uh, and, and just go outside and go test and, and, and have a good time. Um, but when it comes to light, I, I feel like it's one of those things to where, um, um, all my life I've, I've struggled with, uh, with my weight, there's been lots of dieting and all these things. Um, and it's like, whenever you start something, it's the worst, you hate it. Cause it's such a big change. But after you, you know, you're into it and you're starting to see some progress, you're like, Oh, this is not that bad. And as that continues, you're like, this is great. I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. And I feel like with light, it's very similar because it's such a big hurdle to, just figure out in the beginning, like, what are we Mm -hmm. doing here? Where does this go? The power, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. But then once you kind of figure it out, you're like, okay, I kind of, I kind of see how this works. And then at some point you get to a point to where you say, I can't live without this. Like to be able to control this is absolutely amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really hope that people take you up on your, your homework there and go out and actually start working on this. Uh, Cause if they don't, it's all for nothing, right? Why are we listening right now? So, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Doss, I really appreciate you sharing everything that you have today. Um, you're a wealth of knowledge and uh, just a pleasure to talk to. Uh, again, people are going to be listening and wonder where they can find you uh, online. So why don't you let us know where, uh, where we can do so? Where, where, where can we check out your work?
0: Awesome. Uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at Doss Miller. Um, my website is DossMiller.com. Really, if you type in my name, Doss Miller in Google, you'll see all the other things uh, there are to see. So I like to keep it simple.
1: I know you're feeling refreshed after that one. I am for sure. I had three big takeaways from this episode, as always. Uh, The first one was what Doss said that you need less input than you think. You know, you are ready to go with the tools that you have to go outside now and go shoot. Now, I'm not sure if it's like imposter syndrome or what, but that feeling of, you know, oh, I know I want to do this thing, you know, start building a portfolio, but I don't think I'm ready. You know, a portfolio is just for professionals with a strong body of work. And that right there is just nervousness. You know, it's nervousness about something. And we all hide behind that, you know, oh, I'm not ready. Um, and we think to ourselves, if we just had more info, uh, if we just had one more video to watch, um, then we would just know everything about it, about, uh, you know, say light before you can even start. And I can confirm that like DOS you need far less input than you think that you do to achieve the things that you want. So just go out there and start shooting. Takeaway number two was that tailoring for a client can actually make you more creative through boundaries. Now, if you asked me how to be more creative, I probably would have said something like, well, you need more. You need more options, you need more choices, uh, so that you can have more possibilities to be creative. But then Doss says that if you have less It's easier to be more creative because you have a starting point and guide rails. But within that, you can do whatever you want. And because and that's because your creativity is focused on less total possibilities that you're able to go deeper and not just sprinkle a little bit of creativity over everything, but really go down deep, um, you know, and control the aspects uh, of an image through your creativity. And lastly, it's that positive feedback is exhilarating. You know, I suffered from that nervousness. I suffered from the same imposter syndrome uh, that you feel for a long time in my photography. Uh, Even as I got into weddings, I was always worried that somebody was going to, I don't know, call me out for being fake or something ridiculous, you know, so I didn't really share many of my images. Um, And in fact, I started this podcast so that I could talk to photographers to learn how it is that they saw the world, because I felt like an imposter having gone to film school and not something, say, focused on photography. But I still very clearly remember that moment that I was freed of that imposter syndrome uh, that held me back for for so long. Uh, I was a part of a Reddit photography group. And in that group, there was a wedding photographer who made work that I wanted to make, Made really great images that had a lot of life in their work. Um, the, the images were, were were carefree, but they were also intentional. Uh, he, they had an amazing use of light, uh, amazing um, and interesting compositions, and what I thought were just perfect edits. I mean, I really looked up to this photographer. Uh, so I didn't really share my, you know, my my work in the group at all because i don't know if you've heard this or not but sometimes online photography communities can be a scary uh place so uh, i i did however go to a wedding once um and for the first time i shot this multi-level panorama kind of like a Brenneiser image if if you know what that is if not google it super cool um and it was in this huge greek orthodox church so the shot that i got was of the first kiss and all the guests and while I, I did like the image a lot, I didn't think that it was at that level of an established professional. Uh, but later, I don't know, there was some sort of question in the group. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I uploaded that photo um, simply because it lent itself to the original question. I didn't upload the photo for others to look at and critique the image or get feedback on or anything. But that wedding photographer who I looked up to saw it and they responded so overwhelmingly positive i i mean i was i was shocked and at first i thought like you know oh my god I, I i fooled them i they think that i'm like a real real wedding photographer but but second it was that enthusiasm and positive feedback on the photo that gave me the confidence and encouragement to share more of my work which allowed me to hear what others you know saw in my work Which allowed me to adjust my shooting approach, which allowed me to take better photos, which allowed me to be happier with my images, which allowed my clients to be happier with their images as well, which helped me book more clients. I mean, it was, it was really a cascading effect. It was, it was truly amazing to, to see from the inside. And because I've seen it, you know, firsthand, how much positive feedback can help you grow, uh, especially when you're, when you're new and you're unsure about what others would think about, you know, your shooting style or technique or whatever. I take that exact same approach within the beginner photography podcast community. You know, people have left the group because it's, quote unquote, too positive. Because I don't know, I guess they apparently wanted to be knocked down a peg or two. I'm not sure. But after you learn how to use your camera and your settings, I am a believer that the best way to learn photography, which is light, composition, moment, storytelling, everything else that's not your camera settings, is to get better at the things that you're good at. Not to get better at the things that aren't perfect. But again, to get better at the things that you do really well. So when I look at images within the community, yeah, I focus on the things that you did well to encourage you to do more of them. Because your style in photography can't be manufactured. It is Organic, It comes from within you. So when you get the encouragement to go deeper into the thing that you already naturally do, well, that's how you start to build a foundation for your own personal style in photography. So why don't you come join us in our private beginner photography podcast community? Because it is a community that is free of ads, free of politics, free of just that noise of social media. And it's free to join. So come join us today. We'd love to have you give you some of that positive uh, encouragement. So go ahead and sign up at beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group to join. Again, that's beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. And again, it's that it's that positive encouragement. But don't get that confused with, you know, being delusional about what could be fixed within an image because there is a lot of that that can be done, just done in a in a positive way. That is it for this week. I want to thank you again for tuning into this episode of the beginner photography podcast brought to you by CloudSpot, which is the easiest way to deliver and sell your photos online. You can learn more about CloudSpot and grab a free forever account by heading over to deliverphotos.com. And remember, the more that you shoot today, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.